Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Mark Cox Morning Show is brought to you by Thomas Helbig and Bob Kershaw with the Retirement Advisory Group, retirementkey.com. The Mark Cox Morning Show. Listen to both sides. The bottom line is, I respect that, but we don't agree. You're listening to the Mark Cox Morning Show. Just to find a voice. Who is this guy? He's saying what we've been saying forever. I don't know how to put this. Mark Cox. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, it adds excitement, doesn't it, Fox? I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox this morning. How you doing? Mark and crew return tomorrow. Uh, Ethan is here, my ace producer. We do a Sunday night show night 7 to 9 p.m. every Sunday night. And we did that last night. We're back this morning for Mark. Now, last night on my show, had a great chat with Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They were just down on the border last week. We know it's a disaster down there, but it's been a while since I've been down there personally. Ira was just there. Here's that conversation that we ran last night on my show. Ira Melman's here from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They were just down there on the border last week, and I wanted to get him on to kind of get his firsthand account. How are you, Ira? Hey, good evening. Good to be back. Good to have Yeah, good, good. Glad you got back safe. So which part of the border were you guys on? We were in the Del Rio and Eagle Pass area, which was Ooh, some of the heaviest traffic. Yeah, yeah that, that's where the action was. We like to go where the action is. Uh, or, or where the action was. Uh, you know, what we saw was the fact that what Governor Abbott is doing in Texas is already having an impact. It has reduced the traffic coming across the Rio Grande. Uh, it, it's just moved it now to Arizona and California. Uh, the cartels are just going to take the path of police resistance, and they're moving through California because, you know, Governor G- Gavin Newsom isn't about to do anything to stop it. So, uh, you know, Texas is the beneficiary, but they have sustained three years now of just relentless illegal migration. It's taking a toll. It has taken a toll on those communities. Uh, But the good news is that Governor Abbott has demonstrated that if you show some resolve, uh, this doesn't have to be an insurmountable problem. Absolutely. We're speaking with Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. It's interesting, too, because you guys have said for a long time and others that you you know have you guys talk to and, and visit with uh, various leaders in various states say, listen, we're all border states now. 
All of us are border states. And you look at this. This is a story out of Denver the other day about how they're talking about cutting services and talking about how medical services and things like that are going to be cut for citizens because of the influx of illegals. That's correct. And Denver is certainly not the first city to do this. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams in New York City has said yep. it's going to be across the board cuts. Uh, you know, I, I saw an amazing thing uh, by a Queens councilwoman, uh, New York City councilwoman. Uh, she said that New York City is now spending more on the migrants than they are spending on the police department, fire department and sanitation department combined. Uh, it's astounding how much these local governments are having to shell out. Now, of course, Denver and New York City and many of these other places are self-declared sanctuary jurisdictions. Uh, They're asking for it. Uh, But, you know, none of this would be happening if the federal government was doing its job and controlling that border. And they, they continue to refuse to do it in spite of the fact that it is creating unbearable burdens on a lot of jurisdictions around the country. Yeah, we're speaking with Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. So when you go down there and you look on the Rio Grande, what are you seeing? They had they made them take the razor wire out of the water, right? I mean, wh- what does it look like there? What are we seeing? Well, well no, that they they haven't. They, they won. Uh, the Supreme Court said that, that the federal government could. Uh, you know, and aside from that, you know, one or two incidences where the uh, federal government actually came in and did it. Uh, for the most part, they've left it alone. We, we spoke to people in the Texas National Guard and the Texas military uh, department. You know, they have sort of taken control of Shelby Park, in, for instance, in Eagle Pass, which was a big crossing point. Uh, the state has put these shipping containers and put on top of them the razor wire, and it's untouched. The, the folks in those departments are telling us uh, – the Border Patrol doesn't want to remove it. These are people who live in those areas. They have families. They're raising their families in those communities. They want those communities secured. And they're telling them that unless you know Washington comes down really, really hard, they're not going to do that. And the other thing is that the Supreme Court said that the federal government, if they want, can cut the razor wire. They didn't say that Texas can't be right behind them and put it back up. <laughs> We're speaking with Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Just want to go off to Egypt just for a second here, okay? Because in, I'm sure you've seen this story. In Egypt, yep. they're so concerned about what's happening with the war. They don't want the people from Rafah coming through their borders. So they mowed down, what, a two-mile swath of land, and they're building a huge wall. So it can be done, Ira. Even in Egypt, they can do this, right? It, it can be done, and it can be done very, very quickly when you're motivated. And, and by the way, while the Egyptians are doing that, uh, President Biden is giving deferred extended departure uh, to Palestinians in this country. We, we, you know, Hamas isn't going to tell us if these people have criminal records or if they have uh, associations with terror groups. So, we're, again, we're just kind of rolling the dice here. The Egyptians who live right across the border are saying, no, nah, you know, this is not for us. Uh, and yet we have our own government doing it. And, and by the way, speaking of building walls, Governor Abbott is building a wall. We, we saw a wall being built, and it's being built by the state of Texas. Now, here's my question, Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. But, you know, the Rio Grande is very important for cattle and wildlife and, and all agriculture in general, all those kinds of – I mean, you can't cut Texas off from the Rio Grande. I mean, how does that whole thing work? Well, you know, the Rio Grande is still flowing there. It's just you don't have the people coming across uh, in as large numbers. You know, we, we did go out along the border at night. And we saw you know, the first night that we were there, we saw the Border Patrol 
pulling people out of the the underbrush and loading them into a, a bus, presumably to be processed and released into the United States. But the, the numbers are much, much smaller than they were just a few weeks ago, based on the fact that Texas has put those shipping containers at certain key points. They put the razor wire uh, and, you know, even before Texas's law saying that if you're you can be charged with trespassing, if you come into the state illegally, even before that has taken effect, the psychological effect has just driven the traffic elsewhere. It's now Arizona and California's problem. And, and of course, they have airports there, too, and they're going to get on planes and go wherever they want to go. But, you know, the. Governor Abbott's responsibility is to do what's best for the state of Texas, and he has demonstrated that you actually can do it if you are willing to, as I said, show the result. Right. We're speaking with Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Something that's very concerning to a lot of people is the fact that most of these folks coming in now are not women and children. They are military-aged men. And now we're seeing more and more people coming over from China. I mean, as a man, you're not allowed to just leave China because you feel like it, right? Talk to me about what you're seeing there. Right. Uh, the, you know, we've seen upticks in, in Chinese illegal immigration, uh, Venezuela uh, which is also a hostile regime there, that uh, they are sending large numbers of people, and particularly the Chinese. You know, we know the Chinese are engaged in all sorts of espionage, military, uh, industrial espionage. The people who are coming out, they've got families back in China. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party has leverage over them. So even if they're not necessarily coming here to act on behalf of the Chinese government, they could very well be pressed into action based on threats to their family members back home. So, right. again, th th this goes on. The administration continues to ignore it. You have the FBI director saying he hears, you know, he sees flashing red lights wherever he goes, uh, and nobody's doing anything about it except for, right. you know, the, the governors of the states. Right. Well, that's the concerning thing. You know, these are these Chinese guys aren't coming over to pick tomatoes. We know that's not happening. And that's what's frightening about it. And there have been people who've I've talked to ranchers on the border. I know you have too, who found prayer rugs, uh, you know, Muslim prayer rugs and things like that. Now, it doesn't mean if you're a Muslim coming into America, you're a bad person. But the truth is, we don't know who these people are and what, whether or not they want to do us harm, especially when it's in a military aged adult. We have no idea. We've already we've already found a sleeper cell. That, I mean, we know we are sleeper cells. They found a training camp a couple of years ago, as you know, in New Mexico. Uh, we don't know how many others are around there that we don't know about yet. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we did go out on a couple of branches with the ranchers. They were showing us where holes have been cut in their fence. Those are the people that we need to worry about, the ones who don't want to be apprehended by the Border Patrol. Uh, the people who turn themselves in don't have anything on their record that would disqualify them from coming in. The people who try to elude the Border Patrol, they have criminal records. They have association with terror groups. Uh, and, you know, they were telling us that they – that they find holes in their fences almost every day. They spend most of their time trying to repair these holes, uh, and it's costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's making people feel unsafe in their communities. Uh, so the, the people who aren't turning themselves into the Border Patrol, those are the ones we really need to worry about. And since President Biden has been in office, about 1.8 million people have come in. We know they, they came in and were never apprehended by the Border Patrol. We don't know who they are, where they are, what they're doing here. Uh, and hopefully we won't find out uh, in a bad way. 
I should go with Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Back to your point about people coming in. We know all of them don't want to do us harm, but many of them are brought in and owe a lot of money to the traffickers who got them here. And when they owe that money, they're going to call in that loan and they're going to ask them to do things against America to repay the debt. Right. Uh, if, you know, if not against America, uh, we've got indentured servitude now here in the United States. Oh, yeah. People sexual slavery, trafficking. Sexual, oh. Yeah. I mean, all these horrible things, whether it is the horrible stuff that is done to the migrants themselves or the people who are pressed into criminal activities. And, and again, I mean, you're seeing the gangs of Venezuelans and Colombians uh, in New York City uh, conducting all sorts of criminal activity against you know, the cops for anybody who gets in their way. Uh, so it, it is, over time, going to impact the lives and the safety of everybody in this country, not just the people along the border. No question about it. Now, what about those kids? They say they've lost 85,000 kids. We know it's probably double, triple that, right? Where are the kids? All we heard about is kids in cages when Trump was president. Where are the kids now? In, in foster homes that haven't been vetted, do we have any idea where these kids are and what's happened to them? You know, in many cases, the, the so-called foster parents yeah. – uh, are actually uh-huh. working are actually working for the cartels. They take custody of them. Uh, you, know, you know, you can find them probably working in factories if they're lucky. If they're less lucky, uh, working in the sex trades. Uh, and this is just unforgivable. We, we should not be condoning it, much less facilitating it the way we are doing right now in this country. Right. It, it is shameful. Uh, on top of everything else, on top of the endangerment to the American public, it, it is simply shameful what is going on. If Trump got reelected, and I don't know that he will, but certainly he seems to be the nominee, and at this point it looks like he will be, what can he do? We know that he tried to do as much as he could. What could he do to turn this thing around? Could he do it quickly at all? Well, you know, it's going to be really difficult to undo what has been done over the past three years, which is precisely why the administration pursued it. They understand mm-hmm. they're creating facts on the ground, and it becomes very difficult to remove people once they get here. But obviously, you know, you can stop it from getting worse. Uh, you can enforce the laws of this country. You know, President Biden keeps saying, I can't, I, I don't have the power to enforce the law. Well, yes, he does. He has the power to enforce the law. Uh, he simply is holding out for amnesty for people who are here uh, and for opening up new channels for people, more people to come legally, in spite of the fact that we have this overwhelming number who have already come across. So, you know, he, he's basically, not just basically, he, he's flat out lying to the American public that he doesn't have the authority. Uh, whoever becomes president uh, next year can enforce the laws of the United States. Uh, we can certainly uh, enhance those laws. Uh, the House of Representatives has passed H.R. 2, which would take away a lot of the discretionary authority of the president not to enforce laws, which is precisely what has been going on. But President Biden can stop this tomorrow if he chooses to. He is choosing not to. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Ira Melman, Federation for American Immigration Reform. That's fairimmigration.org. No, fair. Give me the website again. I'm doing this from memory. FairUS, right? Yeah, fairus.org. That's right. Fairus.org. Yeah. Okay, and Fair Immigration is their Twitter handle, but fairus.org. Check them out for more information. Thank you, Ira. I'm glad you're back safe. And uh, it's discouraging, but we still need to keep an eye on it and hopefully try to get things turned around. Yeah, we've got to keep pushing because the administration isn't going to stop. That's true. Thank you, Ira. Appreciate that. 
I hope you enjoyed that. That was from my show last night. Ira Millman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform, who just who was just on the border. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox. Coming right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back. I'm Heidi Harrison for Mark Cox. Ethan, my ace producer from our Sunday night show where I am 7 to 9 p.m. every Sunday night right here on 97.1 FM Talk. By the way, you can follow me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Rumble, all that stuff. And if you have never heard my show, well, it's your excuse. Bring a note. If you have the Odyssey app downloaded, which I hope you do. You go to the search bar and type in Heidi Harris, and not only will my show pop up, podcast on my show, but also in another podcast that I do. I did one this week about having lunch with a Trump hater. <laughs> I had lunch with a lady. It wasn't even a political lunch. I really don't talk politics when I'm off the air, but I found out she was a Trump hater. It's kind of interesting, so I did a podcast on that. Everything you say or do will be used in a podcast if you talk to a radio host. Anyway, Ethan, you and I were talking about the sneakers earlier. Okay, ready? Yep. The Trump sneakers that sold out, 1,000 pair, sold out the gold Trump sneakers, which you don't like and I think are gorgeous, Uh all right? There's a pair on eBay right now, brand new, unbranded, buy it now for, you ready? I'm ready. Take a guess. Uh, Well, what was the one you said earlier, like 17? 7,000. Earlier was 7,000. Holy moly. Okay. Oh, no. You got to go way higher. Oh, that was the one from earlier? Earlier. This, oh, no, oh, no. Man. I just checked eBay again. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Well, if it's way higher, I'm going to go ahead and say 15 grand. Keep going. Stupid. Okay. <laughs> 25. Hey. hey. You know, it's only worth what someone's willing to pay Stop for it, my it. friend. This is stupid. Okay. Size nine. Okay, this is the, the, now. Now this is a, they're saying it's a, this is the pre-order never surrender shoe. Okay, so I guess the first group never worn. Da 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 da. Okay. Okay. And I I assume because doesn't Facebook uh, not Facebook doesn't eBay have this thing where they will make sure it's legitimate, right? They check that legitimacy guarantee or whatever they call it, authentic authentic authenticity. Yes, I do. can't pay to talk, right? They'll authenticate something, right? It's a collectible or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I imagine it's been authenticated. $45,000. Not making that up. I'm not making that up. You could buy 40... a brand new car for $45,000. I buy a brand new trailer home for $45,000. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
And there are some other ones, $9,500, $1,500. I'm not sure what, where the disparity comes from. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then there's some MAGA sneakers that just have an American flag on them. They say make America great, and they're 69 bucks. So that's that's more my market. I think I'll grab a pair of those. <laughs> <laughs> they're not gold. I cannot process that. Do you think anyone would actually would any actually do that would actually listen people pay ten thousand dollars for a handbag i i don't understand i don't live in that world this is okay this so this is a whole this feels like a whole new ball game though this ain't this ain't designer heidi this is this is just a pair of shiny spray-painted golden sneakers that happen to have a know. t on them to stand for donald trump now the ones that you like are the white ones with the gold T on them. Okay, those I, you are I a little said, more palatable. I said I like them. That doesn't mean that I would spend two hundred dollars on them. No, I said they're a little. I didn't even say you like. They're a little more palatable to you. They're okay. less offensive than the gold ones to you, right? Well, I don't know if I would say offensive is the right word. Okay. They're a little bit less in your face. A little bit less, uh, like holy moly, what am I okay. looking at right now? I'm paying five thousand, ten thousand, twenty-five, forty-five thousand on a pair of sneakers. I want you to notice them, my friend. I want those to be the first thing you see when I walk in a room. I guess so, but my okay. goodness. Anyway, so the white ones, which have a gold T on them and a little flag in the back, are $375. And they have some red ones, which I think are prettier, $450. Just an eBay, take it for what it's worth, okay? Wait, so they're but it, 370 that's cheaper than what they're going for? No, the, the, the red and white ones were going for like... Two hundred dollars, I think. Yeah, but you said I thought you said oh for the white and gold. Okay, okay, okay. I'm with, yes. you. I'm with you. Yes. I'm with you. So here we are with Trump shoes. Oh, I'm late, aren't I? Yes, I am. I'm Heidi Harrison from Mark Cox. Coming right back with Tom Ackerman from KMOX. I'm Heidi Harris in for Mark Cox. There, I'll be back tomorrow. I promise. We're just giving them the holiday off today. Tom Ackerman's here, KMOX sports director. Heidi, what's going on? It's a chance to hear your voice. That's what we want. We want to hear more yeah, Heidi Harris. How are you? Can't get enough of me. Can't get enough of me. I'm telling you right now. Uh, good to have you, my friend. It's always good to be talking to you. Well, the world is good in the world of sports here in St. Louis because we get <laughs> to move it. into baseball. Baseball is here. The Cardinals play this weekend. Last weekend was the last one that you'll have to deal with without baseball. Hopefully, I saw you November. tweeted that this yeah. morning. You tweeted that this morning, which was hilarious. And I was like, that's the last weekend you're going to have to suffer without Cardinals baseball. That's right. You've got through it it's just the way it is around here we get baseball and you know the team was not good last year they had a tough year yeah. they the season was basically over in june i think people were really antsy to see what this team was going to do in the offseason they went and got three starting pitchers to fill their rotation the top of the rotation is sunny gray i think there's a big question hanging out there is if this team were to make the playoffs who would be the number two We'll get to that when we get to it. I think right now you just want to keep this team throwing innings and get this team in a position where it can go win in October. And that would mean probably making a deal at the trade deadline for one more hammer to go up there with Gray. And then in terms of the offense, they have plenty of that. I mean, they, they just suffered last year because their starters didn't go deep enough. It affected the entire team. And on top of baseball, you have hockey is still going. The Blues play today at noon. You have soccer starting tomorrow. The Major League Soccer team here in St. Louis is extremely popular. They play yep. tomorrow and Saturday. 
Uh, all of this is happening at once. And then at the end of March, our indoor uh, the facility downtown, the Dome, features the UFL team, the St. Louis Battlehawks. They'll start playing. So you're going to have the Cardinals, City, the Battlehawks all going at once with college basketball, hockey already rolling. It's an exciting time to be a St. Louis sports fan. It is very exciting. We're speaking, of course, with Tom Ackerman from KMOX Sports Director. I'm Heidi Harrison from Mark Cox. What's this with the uniforms? People are ragging on the uniforms, the Cards' new uniforms. They don't like them. They look cheap. They're not liking them. Well, it's a Fanatics uh, project that they put together that Major League Baseball uh, had for everybody. So it's a spring training uniform that... Quite honestly, I hope they keep in Jupiter and uh, sail in a boat out on the in the ocean. I mean, it's you know it doesn't look great. I mean, and I, and some of the players have already commented on that. But it's a spring training uniform. It's just the thing is the Cardinals uniform. The reason there's such a reaction here is the Cardinals uniform is classic. The fans don't yes. like you to touch it, uh, and quite honestly, the Cardinals <laughs> don't want you to touch it either. But it is a, a major league. Uh, initiative that they decided to do they uh, you know that's a it's a deal that they signed with fanatics and it happened but it, it the reason it just looks odd i don't know the numbers look smaller the the name looks different on the back the fr- it just doesn't look great i'll tell you though they rolled out some new caps yesterday that that report came out about a couple of new ball caps including a a spring training cap that looks very similar to the ones that Stan Musial's era team yes. wore, and it looks pretty cool. Uh, but hey, it looks great. Know, it's it's just a, it's just a uniform. It's okay. We're gonna move on. Yeah, I'm curious if we're going to see eventually any. You know, we there's been a lot of strife as you mentioned, Tom, about those uniforms. But one thing we do know is that you know when it comes to this ball club, is that it was structured, it was built that for the most part. John Mozeliak knows what he's going to have on the field in his starting nine, as well as in the rotation right now. But what I'm curious of is what can people be keeping an eye on going into spring training? Are there any spots specifically areas of this team that we can be keeping an eye on for roster battles? Whether, you know, like I said, you know, we, we know what we have in this rotation. Where are some other spots that people can be keeping a close eye out for? I got a bunch of them. So if the rotation, if somebody gets hurt, and the odds are that somebody will, unfortunately, who is your sixth starter? I think it's Zach Thompson. Definitely keep an eye on him in spring training. In fact, I would not be surprised if the Cardinals rolled six starters out there during the season just to get themselves going, and Thompson will be very important. He actually was really good down the stretch. The bullpen battle will be huge. There are a number. Cardinals signed 10 relievers in the offseason, a couple of them to minor league contracts, but there will be a lot of relievers battling for a small amount. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have to send some people to the minors and really close in on swing and miss pitchers. I think that's going to be a great fight down the stretch to see who makes the bullpen. In terms of positions, the starting nine are locked up, but uh, Mason Wynn is not, actually. And if he does not become the starting shortstop, if something goes wrong in spring training where he can't hit – or they just don't think he's ready. That moves Tommy Edmond, who is not ready. He's hurt right now, and he, the, whether he's going to be ready for opening day is a question. It would move him to shortstop eventually, which takes him out of center field, which would have to make someone else a center fielder. So you can see how important that is. If Wynn isn't the starting shortstop, you got a bit of an issue because you got to start shuffling people around. So someone has to take over shortstop, 
which means someone's got to take Edmonds' spot in center field, which means you move Newt Barr or Carlson over there because Walker can't play it. So all these things start to move around a little bit. The good news is you have Brendan Donovan, who should be healthy by the start of the regular season and probably pretty soon. That's good. Um, that's the biggest issue to me is to how that all settles in. Otherwise, you're pretty much set at all positions. Before we let you get back to KMOX here, you know, talking about Sonny Gray and that addition that the Cardinals made this past offseason, you know, we heard in the press conferences at winter warm-up how serious this guy is, not only about having success on the field, but also being a leader and just his, his love for the game. And we've already seen that in these first couple of days of spring training camp where we, he has been completely in control of his piss, pitching sessions as well as um, he's been holding post-pitching summits with groups of Cardinals catchers. Just talk about, like you said, not only is this guy going to be the number one in your rotation, but also he's a leader. He's an anchor. Um, he's going to hold this staff together. Yeah, he is actually very vocal while he is pitching. He will sit there and tell the catcher, all right, so it's an oh count. This is an important pitch, and this is what I like to throw here. And then, boom, he'll throw it. And they're like, all right, it's 0-1. So this is what we do. We throw a breaking ball. Or we do this. And then he'll throw it. And he's actually out there. I can't wait to go down there and see it for myself. But I see the videos and I hear the reports of him actually verbalizing what he's going to do. And he thinks it's important to be able to say what you're going to do and then do it. And as you mentioned, then afterwards, he'll gather everybody like a little post meeting and say, all right, here's what I did. Here's why I do that. Come around and let's talk about all of this. And he also likes to have people bring new ideas to him. He wants this pitching staff to be open, to be able to talk, to be able to share. And I think that is really important. You're not just getting a guy who can throw and then keeps to himself. He is a leader. And that's why they brought Gray in. That's why they brought Lynn and Gibson in to join this group. Michaelis is kind of like that already to be and have more leadership uh, capabilities. And I really like Wilson Contreras soaking that all in and Wilson has become a leader himself I think that first year of filling in for Yachty huge shoes to fill a get to know you kind of year for both sides he handled it extremely well I like him paired with Gray here in 2024 and see if this team can't do anything there but again I think that it's fair to ask is this rotation good enough to win a World Series I say the roster in October is always different than the roster in April Right now, this rotation is built to get this team rolling through the season. Then you drop the hammer again on somebody at the deadline that can get you over the top. That's what I think they should do. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. It's such an exciting time of year. Like you mentioned, you've got hockey, you've got soccer, you've got the Battle Hawks, you've got baseball. It's a great, great time of year in St. Louis for sports. Tom Ackerman, sports director of our sister station, KMOX. Get on back down the hall. Thanks Heidi, for being on the great Cox to Morning hear Show. You. I appreciate it very Thanks, much. Have a good one. Always good to talk to you. Great stuff. Well, it's an exciting time of year, isn't it, Ethan? My gosh, where do we even go on sports this time of year? Oh, I can't wait to get things going for the Redbirds. Like Tom said, you got so much going on here in the spring in the spring season as uh, as everything yeah. is beginning to bloom here shortly. You got Cardinals baseball first game on Saturday. St. Louis City getting underway. The Blues are playing red hot right now. Didn't get to talk to them about that, but they've won, I believe, 8 out of 11 right now, so they're starting to get things clicking. And then you got the Battle Hawks, uh, the new 
new U or the UFL team, you know, that St. Louis, yeah. uh, you know, St. AJ McCarron, woohoo! AJ McCarron back with the Battle Hawks, but and I'll say I mentioned something just real quick is that they have now opened section the s multiple sections um, in the 400 level of the dome. Um, oh wow! For okay. season tickets for um, filling out these games for the Battle Hawks, it just goes to show how much uh, St. Louis loves their football, just loves their sports. I mean, no one else right. in the UFL is packing out anything close to what. The Battle Hawks did last year, and I expect that to be the exact same here in 2024. You know, in a world of crap, right? Isn't it nice that people support these teams? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in a world where there's so much negativity and people at each other's throats all the time and fighting over airline seats and everything else, isn't it nice sure to see is. people packing the, the bleachers, packing the arenas for these sports teams? It's great stuff. I'm Heidi Harrison for Mark Cox. Coming right back. Thanks, Ethan. I'm Heidi Harrison for Mark Cox. The crew returns tomorrow. You have me right now for a few more minutes. And, oh, I wanted to not forget this. Mark Reardon, our afternoon star here on 97.1 FM Talk, is filling in for Brian Kilmeade today. So that's fantastic. So that's 10 to noon, as you know. That's very, very, very exciting stuff. So don't miss Mark Reardon filling in for Brian Kilmeade. And he's, I guess he's is he doing his afternoon show, too? I imagine so. Um, I think that they may have the day off for President's Day. I'm not entirely okay, sure. Okay, so that, he's though. okay. Got it. All right. Okay. Well, that'll be very exciting for him to do that. Get to do a national show. He does a great job, anyway. Good stuff. I I have to mention this before we sign off this morning. Just saw this headline from the Nation, which everybody knows is liberal. Okay, how Biden can win. I mean. <laughs> You know, can I just say, I did a podcast on this the other day. I don't have time to get into this this morning before we sign off, but I did a podcast on this. You can go to the Odyssey app, and I hope you have it downloaded on your phone. Type in Heidi Harris, and you'll get a podcast of my Sunday night show here on 97.1 FM Talk. You can get that. Also, I do a different podcast, just a Heidi Harris show podcast during the week. Had lunch with a woman the other day who was a Trump hater. Now, normally, I didn't realize before the lunch she was a Trump hater. Not that I don't have friends who don't like Trump. It's, I'm not. It's, I just don't want to talk about the stuff when I'm off the air. I want to argue about politics at lunch. And it turned into her being so completely disconnected. And I hate the term Trump derangement syndrome because it's such a talking point, obnoxious thing to say. I, I just, I just hate talking points. But it was a little deranged. Her response, so you can check out the podcast for yourself. And what's amazing to me is, look, Trump has his weaknesses. I voted for Trump twice. I'll vote for him again if he's a nominee. I mean, I'm assuming he will be, but who knows? I will vote for him again if my other choice is Biden. See, this is what people don't understand. It's not that when I vote for Trump, I'm going, oh, I love it that he picks on Taylor Swift. I think it's great that he takes time out of his campaign to talk about Taylor Swift. No, I do not. There are a lot of things he does that I say, I say to myself, shut up. Stop talking. All right. So I'm not on board with everything he does. But these are my choices. Trump or Biden. Trump or Hillary. These were my choices. So when somebody votes for Trump, it doesn't necessarily mean that every single thing he's ever said or done, you're on board with multiple divorces, you're happy with this and that. No, no, but these are my choices. But what's amazing to me 
is the people who support Biden will never, ever admit anything he's ever done wrong. We Trump supporters, all the Trump supporters I know, will say, I just wish he'd shut up, right? That's what we do. We're honest enough. We're objective enough to say, okay, I like this about him. I don't like that, right? But Trump, Biden supporters, oh, there's nothing wrong with his mental acuity. Okay. This person actually said, yeah, but Trump in the documents. I said, Biden had him under his Corvette. She said, well, he gave him back. I said, how do you know that? Did you hear that on CNN? But they, they make excuses. But he had him, but it was okay because it was Biden. I'm not going to have time to get into this column. But I, <laughs> I, I'm just stunned at how people will make They'll just excuse anything Biden does. And I guess there are Trump supporters who will, too. I don't happen to know any. All the Trump supporters I know are honest about it and say, yeah, I don't like this or that, but darn it, he's better than the alternative. That's what I hear from people. And you shouldn't put your trust in any politician. Can we all agree on that? I think so. You know, they've all got their issues. They're all going to let you down. They all make promises they can't keep every single one of them. That's why I don't endorse politicians. I never have. Because, first of all, it's insulting to tell you, I know who you should vote for. Secondly, they're people, they're going to let you down. I don't want my name attached to them. (laughs) All right, everybody. The Mark Cox crew will be back tomorrow. It's been my privilege sitting in for Mark. Thank you, Ethan, for being here. Join me on Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. right here on this wonderful station. And check out the Heidi Harris Show podcast. In the meanwhile, see you guys. Have a great day. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.